Welcome into the All Things Bama podcast, powered by BamaCentral.com, your Sports Illustrated home news and information. I'm your host, Tyler Martin, and I'm going for a, for a staff edition of the show. We've had John Garcia on as our featured guest talk recruiting. But for our staff edition this week, I've got Joey Blackwell. Joey, how are you doing, man? I'm doing all right, Tyler. Boy, has it been a really long day and a really long past few days for college football fans, that's for sure, and the media yeah. as well. Yeah, it's, it's it's been a wild few days. And, and the funny thing is, you know, me and you talked earlier in the day. We, we thought we were going to talk about certain things, and we did. And, and then everything <laughs> became obsolete after what happened at the end of the day. And it was a wild day, like you said, right? So we tracked back into the weekend. We had the We Want to Play movement, which gained a lot of steam. But unfortunately, it fell short. It fell mm-hmm. short and in Big Ten country and Pac-12 country. And just want to get your quick reaction to the biggest news of the land, and that's the Big Ten, obviously, canceling uh, the fall season and mm-hmm. Pac-12. I say canceling. They say postponement. They mean they're not playing until fall 2021. And we'll talk about a, a spring season, which is highly unlikely, but it's a, it's a cancellation, not a postponement. Well, both the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have said that they are you know, seeing spring as an option for football. Um, I don't think that's very likely. I think you'd have a lot of players opt out. And let's be honest here, if you're trying to prioritize player health and the health and safety of personnel and all that, you're not going to have uh, two football seasons in one year. You're not going to have you know, 24 games or roughly that in an 11-month period. Um, that just doesn't make any sense for the players. It doesn't make any sense regarding coronavirus. It doesn't make any sense at all. So regarding – sorry, sorry to talk about the spring season. We're going to talk about that later. But I feel like that needs to be said first because they were talking about pushing that uh, – you know, you used the term postponing instead of canceling, as did the conferences. Um, in regards to other spring sports – um, you know, the Big Ten uh, d- hasn't made any decisions regarding winter sports yet, so basketball could potentially still be on. Um, they haven't made a decision with springboard sports either. The Pac-12, on the other hand, um, postponed all sports until January 1st, so uh, any non-conference or conference matchups for basketball will have to be delayed or canceled um, heading into the uh, January of 2021. But gut reaction to the whole thing, um, I th- if you want my complete honest opinion – um, I think that the SEC, the ACC, and now, as we got the news tonight, the Big 12 are doing a much better job of, hey, we just announced our schedules last week. There's still a lot of work to be done. There's still a lot of more information that we have to learn. And I think that those three conferences are taking a much um, better approach to this. I think the Big 10 and the Pac-12 decision might have been, have been a little rushed. Yes, it is. You know, today is August 11th, but the, you know, the day that we're recording this. Um, so we still have um, you know, uh, quite some time until the SEC kicks off on September 26th. I think Greg Sankey and his staff um, are doing an incredible job as far as um, a little bit showing a little bit more transparency to the public than the other conferences are uh, regarding COVID information and what they're looking at. Um, so it just waits to see. But I think that that um, it's definitely a missed opportunity for the Big Twin. Getting confused, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 in the you know in approaching this fall see foot sport ugh, can't talk football season <laughs> yeah 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 that was a mouthful man you you got it out there but first Joe, <laughs> just talking about the big 10 man um i'm okay with saying this and and i mean you know why when the news i mean this is something me and you talked about before but right when the news came down i, I was really kind of shocked maybe to see everybody kind of on the same page and that Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, I mean, with all due respect, he's he's a clown um, at this at this time. I mean, 
you listen to Kirk Herbstreit, you listen to Reese Davis, you listen to guys on ESPN, guys, and I get it affects their pocketbooks, right? Like, they're not going to be able to call certain Big Ten games. I get that. But Kevin Warren is the same guy who said that it's okay for his son to play football at Mississippi State University just, just before the weekend, and now, as the leader of a conference, to say, oh, yeah, we need to push for cancellation and try to get other Power Five guy, Power Five commissioners to do that. And he was successful in getting Larry Scott um, into Pac-10. I mean, or, yeah, Pac-12, excuse me. Uh, you know, he, those guys, I mean, you, you kind of expect the Pac-12 to follow the Big Ten's lead on this because, I mean, I'm not looking to be – I don't, I don't see the Pac-12 as innovators in college football amidst COVID. Um, they're they're going to run. Um, that's just the reality of it. And the Pac-12 is running for this, right? Like, it's like, it's like you're taking a test, and the test is going to be September 26th when these, these conferences kick off. And you're studying right now for that test. You're doing, you know, you're, you're prepping for that test and you're ready to go, right? In the first couple of weeks, you'll be able to tell if you can pass it or fail it. And the Big Ten and the Pac 12 looked at it and said, we're not even going to try, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's, the way, that's the way I saw it. And like I said, the, the leadership from the Big Ten is abysmal. It's awful. It's terrible. And I feel bad for these players, man. I just hope every school president in the Big Ten has the galls to go to their, to go to their students. Because guess what? They're still going to be on campus. And apparently, according to Wisconsin AD Barry Alvarez, they can still work out and practice and train, which they can't play football on a Saturday, which may, for three hours against another team who's also going through the same protocols. doesn't make any sense there why they would still want to train if they're not going to have a season. But, um, but you know, like I said, leadership has been a bit, it's been terrible, man. And, uh, you could, the thing for me is Joey, someone is lying about the medical information. Somebody is, I've, I've, I've reached this conclusion because you've got the ACC, the head medical officer over there from Duke university saying it is absolutely okay. I love what the protocols are doing in the ACC. And then you've got PAC 12 and the big 10 medical guys saying, Oh no, this heart issue, which is also linked to the common cold and the flu it's such a big deal that we can't play. But you're telling me Duke's the guys at Duke aren't looking at the same information? I think I think someone's lying. No, I agree. I think the biggest question now, or the biggest thing, is that um, the the Rose Bowl should be happy that they're a playoff game this year, <laughs> not the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are out of it. But no, you're exactly right. Um, I think that once again, this is rushed. And I think that, you know, I, my Crimson Corner yesterday was regarding how there needs to be a single unified voice in college football and how a commissioner would be a great way to do that or a great means to accomplish that, uh, of course, with, with a committee as well. And, you know, having a, having a blanket to where you don't have these five individual conferences all looking at having d- different medical committees and different advisors and all of them saying different things, it provides inconsistency amongst college football. And above all else, it also makes it makes transparency difficult. Um, you know, when you when you keep things under wraps like most of the power five conferences are doing right now and not comparing notes with other conferences and keeping things in house and not considering the possibilities across the country instead on your own area. That makes things difficult to determine, except for you. And none of these conferences have really, and I'm sure they have considered the ramifications. Let me back up a little bit. I'm sure they do consider the ramifications of what their choices will do to other conferences. But by and large, they only care about, you know, number one, they only care about themselves, which is which is understandable. Um, if, you know, if I was commissioner of the Pac-12, I would care about the Pac-12 more than the other conferences. But uh, once again, this just goes back to saying I think that their decision was rushed. I think there's still a lot more that we can learn about this virus. And you have a lot of medical experts out there that are saying 
um, you know, calling to play just as many as they're saying that they shouldn't play. So it'll just be interesting to see what the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 come up with in the next few weeks. So one thing, Joey, that I think is really fascinating, um, and just when you look at the optics of it all, right, like the, the Pac-12 and the Big 10 did this because of player safety. And this whole idea was that we want to protect the players and we're going to move it to the spring. Well, first off, it completely contradicts the logic when you're moving that to a spring because now you're asking these same student athletes to play a 20, 20 plus games in an eight month stretch. Um, heck no, that that's not safety. Mm-hmm. And Joey, I think if you look at the numbers, right, you look at, you know, I believe Ohio State made roughly in revenue about 220 million or so off the Buckeyes football program last year. Mm-hmm. You go look at that money compared to the enrollment money, the tuition money that's rolling in from having tens of thousands of students back on campus. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of a it's kind of a no brainer to 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 say maybe, hey, let's not play college football because we can live without two hundred nineteen million. What we really can't live without is the six hundred seven hundred million from the enrollment money. And that's a lot of that's that's a point that a lot of players have made on Twitter with the we want to play movement is that okay so. You're telling us that it's okay for the University of Alabama, for example. You're telling us it's okay to have 38,000 students come back to campus, attend classes and all that. That's perfectly fine, but you can't have 100 players along with coaches and, and staff and personnel play in a quarantined environment for three hours on a Saturday, play, you know, practice every day, once again, in a quarantined environment, an, an environment that's you know sectioned off from everything else that has the best medical care, um, the best staffers in the country. You're telling us, and you're being the conference and the and the and the NCAA. You're telling us that we can't do this sport yet. You still expect us to come to school and go to classes. That's where the danger lies. Not on the football field. Not on the gridiron. Not on the practice field. But in these classrooms. And of course, you know <laughs> there the, the, you have a lot of schools like Alabama that's having students. They have to have mandatory testing within the first couple of weeks. Um, prior to starting classes and of course there's a mask policy and they're restructuring the classroom from what I hear to to provide adequate social distancing but that's not going to you know it reduces the risk um, in a major way but it still doesn't completely eradicate the risk of contracting the virus you also you're expecting you know these are college students these are 18 to 22 year olds so what are they going to do on Thursday Friday nights they're going to go out we've all been in college we've all um, you know had our you know had our moments of fun in college and so we know what that's like, and we, we should expect these players to do the same. They, these coaches, of course, in a way, are their, their nannies, you know, their parents away from home, and I'm sure they're going to keep tight wraps on what they do this season more than others. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's hard to expect these players to come to campus and to attend classes and to not go out and have fun, um, but see that the, most, that the danger lies on Saturdays for three hours. Oh, man, it is. Uh, it, it, and I think another thing that you need to look at, too, in this pack, this pack, excuse me, the Big Ten discussion is Nebraska. Nebraska mm-hmm. is a school that is fascinating to me because Scott Frost and their chancellor, too, and their president made a joint statement and said, um, um, with all due respect, we're going to figure out a way to play. <coughs> and don't be surprised if you see Nebraska fighting to get in that Big 12 again. I, I really do think this, this is going to this is this decision that Kevin Warren has made is going to rupture relationships down the line because of the ramifications. Joey, one mm-hmm. thing, I, one thing also I was thinking about is recruiting. I, I mentioned this in my talk with the Tide video. 
this is going to affect recruiting more than people think it is because if the if the other three conferences can pull it off, then guess what? Recruits realize that hey, I want to play. It's in my best interest to play, and the Big Ten or yeah, the Big Ten and Pac-12 doesn't want me to do that. Why would I take my talents there? I can just go to the SEC where it literally means more. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's, that's the point I was about to make. They want to go to a conference that clearly demonstrates that they care for the, that not 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 just that they care for the athletes, but they also listen to the athletes. And these athletes have been saying that they want to play regardless of the consequences because they understand them. They understand that they can get sick, but they understand that it's also on them. Um, these, like I said, these are a bunch of eighteen and twenty-two year olds, and they're not being given the credit um, that they deserve as far as intelligence and as far as being able to make their own decisions. Um, you know, there's been talks lately of how this could be the start of a, you know, forming of a, of a college football players union or something like that. Um, so, you know, for talks of a commissioner, talks of a union, it looks like there's going to be a lot of uh, expectations and potential changing in the structure of these conferences in the NCAA and college football as a whole heading into 2021. Yeah, uh, you know, the, everything's been flipped on its head, man. And it's and, and it is really fascinating to watch. Because right now, the NCAA is scared to death of players unionizing. They're scared mm-hmm. to death about that. And as they should be, right? Like, um, because when these players come out, Trevor Lawrence, the Najee Harris, is, and they come out and they say they want that, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, with, also, too, with the name, image, and likeness coming down the pipeline, too, it's going to be a lot easier for them to unionize. Um, mm-hmm. with, with well, I think that a perfect, I think a perfect demonstration of that is from Justin Fields today, the quarterback of Ohio State. What was his reaction? His reaction was just a tweet, and it was just SMH. Um, and if you if you're not familiar with, I know you are Tyler, but if our listeners aren't familiar with what SMH means, it means shake my head. It means he's shaking his head in disgust. He's shaking his head in frustration because Justin Fields was one of the most outspoken voices in the Big Ten um, for the We Want to Play movement. And, you know, there's a lot of players like Justin Fields that are at the top of their game in college that are wanting to play. And these recruits for these big for these schools that are in these conferences, the Pac-12 and the, and the Big Ten right now, you know, they're seeing that they're seeing players like Justin Fields tweet that in anger. And it could potentially change their decisions when deciding on where they want to go to school in the future. Yeah. Um, another thing is, I, I do I do want to bring this up just on a side note. Michael Jordan speaking to Alabama on uh, speaking to the Alabama football team through Zoom on Tuesday night. That's got to be awesome for these guys. You know, the Alabama's had a history. Nick Saban's had a history of bringing guys in, uh, like Kobe Bryant, Stephen A. Smith, um, the late I should say the late great Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, Condoleezza Rice, Charles Barkley. Um, but really, really cool. I mean, I would love to have been a fly on the wall while while MJ was talking. <laughs> Yeah, and that that coat that there's a picture that Alabama football released of Saban sitting at his desk um, on a Zoom call with Michael Jordan on his computer screen, and it's you know p- people refer to both of them as the goats. So I think that's a great image, and no, the Saban's done a great job of bringing in high quality guests um, and motivational speakers to talk to the team. And uh, it, I, I read um, that that was a pre-orchestrated meeting that um, and that it was a pre-orchestrated team meeting, so it's not like it was something that was. Uh, you know, as a result of what happened the past couple of days in college football. But, no, great to see that and great to see these players, you know, being educated, not just on the football field, but in their personal lives as well. I want to go – I want to circle back before we close the conversation, Joey, back to the SEC. You know, Greg Sankey released a statement um, saying, hey, you know what, I would love to see, you know, what factors led to this decision uh, that the Big Ten and Pac-12 made, uh, you know, 
you know, we're, we're in a good position, right? They've got a green light. Um, and we kind of talked about it a little bit before, but when I read that first sentence, Greg Sankey is not getting the same information Kevin Warren's gotten or uh, Larry Scott of the Pac-12 has gotten. Mm-hmm. No, I agree, and, that, and that's why the SEC and you know now the Big 12 and the ACC are all doubling down on uh, continuing to press onward towards a season this fall. And that goes back to what I said earlier. You know, it doesn't make sense for all five of these conferences to have five different committees with different medical officials because you talk to doctors and um, at least, you know, I have several friends that are doctors and half and half of them say, oh, they should be able to play. And the other half say they shouldn't. So if you don't have a consistent, you know, board and a consistent opinion, you're going to have the struggles that we've had today and two conferences dropping out at four, if you count the Mountain West and the uh, and the MAC. Um, but you're going to have that inconsistency along it. And no, you're absolutely right in the quote from Sankey saying he looks forward to learning more about the factors. It's saying that he doesn't quite understand um, and that his information is different. So it's going to be, it's going to look like I've been saying this whole time. It's going to be interesting to see over the next few weeks where the conversations go with the SEC and the other two conferences that are still left. And one thing we, we need to, we need to talk about as we close that we didn't get a chance to earlier and we re- we've only really talked about it on the website, but now that we're gearing toward some semblance of a season, um, Alabama got its new two additional opponents, uh, Missouri and Kentucky. What was your thoughts on when you heard it was those two schools? Uh, it, it makes sense. Um, you know, of course, both teams had to be te- opponents from the East, and um, Sankey and the SEC said that when they were picking the, the opponents, they tried to um, base it off of their pre-existing schedule. So those are two, uh, you know, Kentucky's a quality opponent that's been on the up and up the past few years, so that'll be a good game. And I do feel bad for Missouri and Arkansas, though. They were not dealt a pretty hand, but if you look at their at their, at their eight games before that, they, you know, they needed to have a little bit more tough competition. But um, I, overall, I think the, the Kentucky and Missouri were two great additions, and I'm looking forward to covering those games this fall. Yeah, that will, that will, that will be something, right? Because, I mean, everybody was like, the funny thing is, everybody was like, Alabama paid their dues to Birmingham, right? They're, they're paying the <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And the reason I want to bring up actual football is because, man, like, I think we're going to get it. I think <laughs> we're going to get a first couple games. And whenever that c- schedule comes out, which will be really interesting, Joey, by the way, in the next week or week or so, the SEC is supposed to bring out a schedule. So that will tell us where they're at, actually. If they go on and go release a schedule, then we're, we're in really good position. No, I agree. Um, it, it'll be fun, and uh, I'm looking forward still to seeing that Georgia matchup and uh, when Alabama's going to play them. And now they have Kentucky and Missouri, see where they fall. And, you know, who knows? The Iron Bowl might not even be Thanksgiving weekend this year. They might shift that around to, you know, accommodate other schools. So it'll just be, you know, if, if it's as crazy as the other conference schedules have been, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun this year. It is, man. It is. And, and right now, as we record this on a, a Tuesday night, this is air Wednesday morning, uh, I hopefully the, the Lightning and the Blue Jackets won't be in overtime because they're, they're in five overtimes right now. Yeah, I just saw into the fourth overtime. So, yeah, it looks like we might be still sitting there tomorrow morning. We'll see. <laughs> well, our boss, Chris Walsh, is tweeting from the Bama Central account about it. So that's let's let everybody know, all the <laughs> hockey fans that are following that account, um, the diehard <laughs> hockey fans. Yeah. <laughs> But no, hopefully that game will be over by the time you guys get to listen to this. But Joey, it's been great to have you on here. I've got a very special guest on for the Friday episode, listeners. Um, hope you guys continue to like, rate, subscribe, and you know comment. 
you know, if there's anybody you would like for, you know, me to talk to on here, you know, tweet at me, tweet at Bama Central, tweet at my personal account, at Steven Tyler underscore 15, um, or let Joey know, right? Give Joey a suggestion, Blackwell, at Blackwell Sports on Twitter. But we appreciate you, Joey. Thank you so much, Tyler. It's a pleasure as always. Looking forward to uh, trudging on through this crazy 2020 with you. It's 2020 where every day is a crap show. And uh, thank you for spending, you know, at least part of your day with us. So we appreciate it. And, uh, and yeah, for, for Joey Blackwell, I'm Tyler Martin. This has been the All Things Bama Podcast.